In today's episode, we're speaking to the beautiful Queen O'Brien. Queen O'Brien is MFA, MLA, is a Joe nerd and a creator of joy-based business and joyful entrepreneur programs. She is also a seasoned writer and a design thinking practitioner who serves as a guest lecturer at Emory University. Back in 2017, Quinn founded and ran the innovation firm O'Brien Group LLC, where she partnered with Google Cloud and led a team that worked with Fortune 500 companies and large school districts. Quinn worked at Google for several years and is an alumni of Stanford University, Goddard College, and Emory University. She lives in a fairy palace in Atlanta, Georgia, and enjoys weightlifting yoga, her two silly dogs, and her hot tub. Let's speak to Quinn and find out how she changed her life by changing her mindset. Let's find out. And if you want to upgrade your money mindset, then click on the link www.millionairefoundations.com and watch my free training. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm so excited. We're speaking to Queen O'Brien. Welcome, Queen. Thank you, Gul. I'm so excited and honored to get to be in conversation with you today. Thank you for coming on. Queen, everyone's heard your intro. They know how fabulous you are, but please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. I'm actually a joy nerd. I'm a professional joy nerd. <laughs> and what that means, uh, and I'm an entrepreneur um, and a business owner and many, many other things. But what that means is that I am obsessed with joy. I think it is one of the, the highest and best things that we can do in this life is to pursue joy. And I teach people how to find joy in the unlikely places in your business and your startup and your money. And so I feel like it's it's kind of meant to be for me to get to uh, be in conversation with you because I think joy and money don't seem like they go together, but they absolutely should. That's part of having a great mindset around money. Uh, so thanks. Absolutely wonderful. I love that. I, I do. I, I mean, I'm being a money person. I always say, you know, I, I there's a there's a funny quote by, by, by rest in peace, Bob Proctor, who say, money's not everything. But, you know, money, but money is right up there with oxygen. <laughs> so you need it. And, and I, I mean, I got, I, I got a bit tongue in cheek and big up extra, you know, you, you know, when you, you know, do you need money when you're dead? No. But you need, you know, do you need, uh, do, you, do you need oxygen when you're dead? No. But we need money when you're dead? Yes. You need it for burial. Right. So this day and age. Right. So I say, I say it's a bit more important than oxygen, a little bit more. Right. Because we even need to after death. But hey, that's my, my little, my little bit of a, um, of, of a joke for the moment. But anyway, so tell us, uh, Queen, you know, I know you do a lot of different things and you've come from a very versatile background. Yeah. And even what you're doing at the moment, it's your, your you know, your normal uh, job, your normal thing is very, you know, very logical way, you know, very left brain kind of, you know, the same way that I am, you know, coming from a corporate background. But what you do creatively is very right brain. 
So how did you go from being, you know, working in that normal corporate structure into this creative, almost like a spider web of things that you do because you do so many things? So talk us through, what, you know, what, what brought you to this journey? What made you a joy nerd? <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I, it's, it's something you wouldn't expect. Uh, many years ago, I was such a good girl. I worked two jobs and I saved up money and I bought a house. Hmm. And that house turned out to be my financial downfall. Really? Yes. I ended up having to declare bankruptcy because the house was not worth anything close to what I bought it for. And the crime in the neighborhood became so bad that I couldn't live in the house. Oh, wow. Okay. So at a young age, um, I faced a huge financial catastrophe um, that I, you know, I, I didn't know anybody who had declared bankruptcy. I didn't you know, there were no models for how do you kind of carry on afterward. And it was a huge trauma. And for many, it took me many, many years to recover from that. Um, And it was really a self-guided recovery. But at the time when I bought that house, I thought I've got two choices. I can take this money to Italy and travel around until the money runs out, or I can buy this house. And I did what I thought was the most responsible thing. And I look back on it and I think I really should have gone to Italy. (laughs) I would have had, you know, life-changing experiences that would have made me more resilient, more worldly, more able to kind of navigate than I was, you know, than buying the house did. So um, over time, I became increasingly interested in money. Like Mm. what, trying to understand what happened. How did I get into that situation? Mm. Um, what were the macroeconomic forces around me that sort of created that perfect storm for a young person who's kind of naive to end up buying a house that's worth, that's not worth anything close to the price that she paid? Why did I even get a mortgage? Mm. So I began studying money as I was healing myself. And I also began studying joy. Mm. I got really curious about what is it that brings us joy and what are the different philosophies about, about joy? And I'm also, I'm just a curious person goal. So um, I'm always wanting to start a business. I've probably, <laughs> I think I've started five different businesses at this point, you know, and let's sort of let them, you know, either take off or not let them run their course. Um, and I also, you know, I just enjoy doing a lot of different things, but to get from, to get from that place of complete financial just despair to where I am now. I live in my dream home. Uh, You know, I'm I'm able to do all the things that I want to do. And and my money brings me so much pleasure and joy. Mm. Um, It was a very long road. Yeah. So let's talk about that. You know, uh, this is um, probably a new concept for a lot of people. You know, you can have money and joy going combined together now I think listeners to this podcast are probably familiar with this as well because we talk about money and being a friend and a companion and in so many different forms because I've personified money and I think money is my best friend and I think everyone should become best friends with money but I think somebody new listening to this will think well what's money got to do with joy you know and we hear this phrase all the time money doesn't buy happiness money doesn't buy happiness lady hell uh you know my idea is Yes, money cannot buy happiness for you directly, but indirectly it can buy bundles of happiness. How? When you are when you buy a child who's not able to uh, buy clothes for themselves, you know, food and shelter, at least Ramadan at the moment. So the reason why this concept comes to mind, we Muslims give a lot of charity during the month of Ramadan. 
And me personally, I, I've got this affiliation with young kids and I'm an education for young kids. So we, I would go and we would make sure that we can pay the school fees. And if they if they're in, in free schools, we get them clothing because there are parts of the world where they don't have clothing and shoes and just you know pencils and books just to go and be able to get the education. When you give that child shoes who doesn't never had shoes, or give that child clothes who doesn't have clothes, especially for Anna because they they remember Eid, so they get clothes, new clothes for Eid. You can see them smiling and beaming with happiness, and I promise you, I promise you. That child's happiness will be magnified by tenfold when it comes to you. So when people say you can't buy happiness with money, I say BS to that because yes, yeah. you can. Okay. Yeah. The only reason why you can't buy happiness with money is when you're buying your ten, yourself 10 Lamborghinis because there's only, you know, there's only so much happiness your 10 Lamborghinis can bring to you so directly. It's when you serve others with yeah. your money, money truly takes on this amazing transformational form and it brings you so much abundance and so much happiness that you can't even begin to understand that so let's talk about that you know how do you what how can someone start building a relationship with with money in terms of being happy with money you especially went from bankruptcy to now being living in your home of your dreams you have to build that relationship with money. How did you do that for yourself? That's a great question. And I love everything you, you just said about how joy can bring. When, when money is in service, it brings so much joy. Yeah. And so alongside that, I would add that money also makes it much easier and more possible to heal, yeah. um, to grow as a human being, to get the different therapies that would be helpful, to take the trip where you have a deep insight about how you're moving in the world or what you would like to be different about that, um, to have space and peace and quiet um, for reflection. You know, those things, I believe very strongly that when we heal as individuals, we heal a tiny piece of the world. So if there's something in me that is, um, is scared, is broken, is grieving, and I can't heal that, then I can't express the fullest and highest form of myself in the world. And I think of money as, you know, I think in, in our culture, we sort of made money life force. It is not life force, but it represents it a lot of times. Um, so when we're healing ourselves, becoming the best versions of ourselves that we can be, we're going to naturally want to be in service with the money, mm-hmm. right? that that comes from a person who is like in a good place with themselves. And then, you know, the cycle continues and it, and it circles right back to you exactly like you said. And I think when, when we have money that we can use well, there's just a different feeling to it, right? I don't drive a Lamborghini. I don't want one. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't interest me. Yeah. I could, I think, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but, it, but it's not something that I would want to do. Um, but I do spend my money on things like, um, going on retreats, supporting Mm -hmm. organizations that I care about, you know, those things make me feel so abundant Yeah, to be able to help someone. I think this is so, this is really important. You know, don't, I think our idea of what money can do for us is so limited in what we see on the TV and what media tells us. Well, actually, you know what? I'm not really into Lamborghinis. I'm not into the, you know, I'm into jewelry. I'm not into this and that. So I don't really need money. And, you know, money can't buy me happiness. Money can't bring me happiness. And I think that's complete falsity because I absolutely love and adore money. And I have said that very openly from, from, from the longest time I can remember. 
Yeah. And I'm the least materialistic person on the planet. I think I am. I, you know, for considering the amount of money I make uh, and the mo- kind of money <laughs> I have, I wear the most simple clothing. I, I do have an obsession with cars. I have to say one obsession with cars. Um, but I, I've got one car and I'm, when, I'm, when I go for an upgrade, I'm purposely not upgrading until I can do the next level for business-wise. This is more of a challenge for myself. But apart from this one thing about cars, which, by the way, when I'm retired, I'm going to have overalls on and my nails are going to go and I'm going to be fixing my cars and learn how to fix cars. <laughs> obsession I have with cars, me and I'm still cars, but that, that brings me happiness. So apart from that, jewelry, anything else, I have none of that. Like, it doesn't even, thought doesn't even cross my mind that right. I should get diamond or should get this. It's not that. When I think of um, investing in, in in precious I am gold or, um, or diamonds, it's for investment purposes. I think for investment purposes, not because I love jewelry. I have no desire for jewelry whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I think my daughter does that the opposite. She does, and I don't. I have nothing. So I I, I have no money in itself. Cannot buy buying diamonds, buying homes cannot bring me happiness. I know that. Yet I am the most ambitious person I know who wants to go to, you know, literally to the to the moon and beyond when it comes to financially uh, in terms of making the kind of money. I want to be buying up the real Elon Musk. So why do I want that money? Because I know the power it holds. I know the the, the happiness will give me, not necessarily from the recognition, because I'm, I'm more of a shy person when it comes to the recognition, even though I have a podcast and I'm quite probably figure. <laughs> um, I am actually quite, you know, I like to be behind the scenes. Funny enough, it's one of those uh, paradoxes of my life. But I do like to have, I know what when I'm in that level, I'll be able to support that many charities. I'll be able to support that many kids. I'll be able to make a le- I'll leave a legacy behind. I can, when I die, I know I've made a difference on this world. And if even if I can educate one child fully all the way throughout and they can make become a contributing member of the society, not my own children. Obviously, I'm doing that to my own kids as well, but it's additional children or inspire them to do other things. I have made a difference in this world. I'm only here for a short period and then I'm going to go. And the only way I can do that is through money. You know, I have 24 hours and my own two hands and I've got my own two kids. There's only so much things I can do for the people in my time and while I'm being a full-time mother. But if I made money, my money can go way beyond and I can multiply myself by a hundred or a thousand and get those people to go out and do whatever I want them to do to help many people and receive the happiness and joy from it. So this is this. I think this is the concept that we are so limited in our minds in what we think money can do for us. I think you're absolutely right. Tune into yourself. What would make you happy? Traveling. You said traveling, by the way, we we, we, we agree on that. I love traveling. That's yeah. one thing I do love traveling. And also, I'm a bit of a snob. I can't, I'd love to travel with a bit of luxury. I can't, I, I really don't right. do. I'm not I a bad person. Yeah. No, not at all. I never have been. I never will be. I never don't desire to be. I'd rather not travel than do that, right? So, <laughs> So, you know, the, the, being able to experience that, take your, taking your family into experience. I mean, we've, been, we've been to Maldives twice. And I absolutely love Maldives. And it's really expensive to go for, to there from here and, and so forth. But I was able to give that to my children for them to experience it and so forth. So the, this is more valuable. And this is what money can buy from us, right? That's right. That's and right. It's those experiences, those 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 quality moments that, you know, for I don't know if we'll go again, but those the, the holidays we have as family, uh, I'm pretty sure my kid's mind that like we had this, we did this one, we saw the shark, we did this, we you know, all those little, little memories are part of their, um, you know, the, the treasure chest. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop.
And this is what money can do. I think that's that's so beautiful. What would you say to someone who thinks, well, okay, I know what I, you know, you you both have got this fabulous relationship with money, but you know, you are maybe they're starting out where you are, like when you were bankrupt. How did you pick yourself up when you were bankrupt, when you had no one else to support you, no one else to show you, okay, what's the next step? And even to how to build your self-esteem up again, because one of the biggest things that happens with bankruptcy is the shame and the uh, and uh, the humiliation that one feels that I'm so, you know, uh, you know, stupid with money. They feel right. dumb and whatever. So how do you deal with that? Because unless you fix that part of you, unless you heal that part of you, you're never going to have a positive relationship with me and you have a very positive relationship. So how did you fix that? Great question. So it took me a while to realize that I had in the process of the bankruptcy, I had internalized a belief that I could not be trusted with money. And when I look back on it, it's fascinating to watch my younger self making these choices to have as little money as possible. Yeah. I took low paying jobs I had a college degree and a master's degree, but I still managed to find jobs that paid very little um, to live in places that were just a little bit more than I could really afford and to keep myself in the cycle of stress and scarcity, stress and scarcity. And I didn't even have a savings account, literally nothing, um, because I felt like if I had a savings account, I would do something bad with it again like I had done before, even though I also can look back and say, good grief, that was not my fault. I tried to be responsible and it didn't work out. So um, one of the things that was huge for me was therapy. Um, I found an incredible therapist who charged me very little money in those days. And she saw me every week. And she would say things to me like, let's try to imagine that you have a savings account and it has $30,000 in it. And I could not imagine that. Mm. But I began to study manifesting. Okay. Um, there's a really cool book. It's called the um, creating money, the keys to abundance. And yep, I read it. Yep. Yeah. You're familiar. Yeah. So I would, I would go through it and I would do the workbook in the back. And I did that over and over again, because I could feel that each time it would shift a little, it would shift a little. And there was a breakthrough moment for me. Um, when I decided I set out and I said, I'm going to try to manifest the highest paying job I can imagine. Mm -hmm. And it's a little, little bit heartbreaking that even with all my degrees, the highest paying job I could imagine at that time was $60,000 of salary. Now, mind you, I lived in the San Francisco Bay area, so that was not enough to even pay rent, but that was what I could imagine at that time. And within three months I had that job. And I've, then it clicked. I was like, oh, it's in here. Mm. There are external circumstances. I do live in an economy that's hard to survive in. You know, that's true. That part of the country is very expensive. It's also true that I was working in a field. Um, at the time, I was teaching community college, which is not a high paying career. Mm. But it's also true that there are always opportunities if you can see them. Yeah. They exist around us all the time and all we have to time. tune ourselves to them. So over the time of going to therapy, practicing, creating money, practicing the skill of abundance and manifestation, slowly it began to shift. And the, the funny thing, I, uh, one thing I will say to people is 
like it's it's up and to the right, but it's not as smooth. It's not smooth. It's like yeah, <laughs> like that, right? But, but then that's life in general. If you pick up any, and I always because I, 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 I I'm a trader and I love charts and stuff as well. Actually, I was a trader. I'm not a trader more. I'm just I'm, I'm just an investor now. I like to like to clarify. I've given up trading. I'm just an investor. I I, I just I prefer to do um, investing, and I'm passive invested at, at that. Um, but if you pick up a chart for any any even up you know even those stocks or any of those which are um, any any company that has an upward trajectory, it's never going to be a, a straight line up. There's always a zigzag. Up and down, up and down, up and down. The trajectory is up, and that's where you want to be going. So your your personal trajectory has to be going up rather than down. And even down, it's never straight down. It's always up and down. It's always zigzagging down. But if yeah. you can have your trajectory in the direction of up, going up, there are going to be moments up and down, and then it'll be like, oh my god, really low moments. But then you are going to go and do this, and eventually you find you're you're more up than lower and you are a lot further away you know away than where you started a few years ago but mm-hmm. if you just see the if you might if you just zone into those tiny moments when you are down you're like oh I'm still back I haven't got anywhere I haven't got further away people focus too much on that moment in that moment in life where they are if they took a vaccine right if they, if they took a you know a, a bit of a, a distant a view of their life they'll see where they are now compared to where they were two years ago five years ago ten years ago and then then they can judge where they are and same thing for you so when it was going up and down if you focus too much on the, on the dark moments in that moment it, everything will be like i'm not getting anywhere i'm stuck but if you yeah. take a step back and look up on it, you realize, oh, I was there and now I'm here. So I am progressing. It's just I don't see it in the moment at times. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. And I experience, I've experienced that over and over again, feeling like I didn't make any progress. I worked so hard and I haven't made any progress. And it's sometimes it's not with the view of months. It's the view of years yeah. that you can look back and say, oh, remember when I couldn't even imagine having a savings account? Yeah. You know, remember when I couldn't imagine investing where I couldn't, um, I couldn't even think of a salary higher than $60,000 that I thought I could, I could earn. Um, even though I had skills that should have, you know, would earn me several times, several times that. There's another piece to the story, if you'd like to hear. Yes, please. Uh, another big moment. This went on for a long time, well into my late 30s. And I kept trying and struggling and I would make a little progress and then backslide. And the day came that I couldn't, I was, I was once again, struggling for rent. (laughs) I was like, listen, I'm a grown woman. I was in a second graduate program at Stanford university at this point. I was like, am I the only, you know, student at a top of the world or the world's top universities who can't pay their rent? (laughs) I might be. And I just decided that what I had to do was start talking to people And I went around to anybody I could get to sit in front of me. I would buy them lunch or, you know, which I couldn't really afford. I would buy them lunch or whatever it took to sit down and say, okay, here's me. Here are my skill sets. What do you think I could do? And all these people were so kind. People were much kinder than I expected. They really wanted to see me succeed. And they hated that I was in this constant struggle because, you know, you could, you can tell, you feel when somebody's in struggle, you know? Um, and through that process, I got a job at Google. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was part-time. It was hourly. It was still triple what I made teaching. Hmm. 
And that changed my life because that was the moment when I started to really make some money. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just went, you know, the hockey stick started going really, really straight up from there. Um, but it was engaging with community. It was being vulnerable and telling people like, I am in a situation that I can't get out of. It's not sustainable for me. Can you help me? And it was amazing how many people wanted to help me. So that's something I really carry with me. There's, there are always people out there, beings out there who would love to support you if given a chance. And I see that from a spiritual element as well. At times you can just give up the struggle and surrender to the universe and take action. So that seems to be the thing that you've done. You, 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 taking action at the same time you were surrendering to the universe like okay I'm willing to do whatever can you help me where to go and God isn't going to come in person and say you know Quinn you can do x y and z it will be through the word of people because God speaks through people I mean I I really really believe that even angels you know unless you have the the ability to be a a clear um, clairvoyant um, or clear um, audience I think you can hear you can hear them most time you will hear them through people's words and therefore having that being able to be vulnerable and take action like that was rewarded by the universe by god because you were willing to listen and take action i think that's the beauty of i think in life god will support you when you're willing to you know take action listen to your intuition listen to the guidance i think far too many times people I want help, God, give me some guidance, God. And when guidance is brought to you, you ignore it. And you say, well, next, I don't like this. Um, you have to go through action. No, don't, I'll pass. Next, next, give me something else to do. And, I want and something we, else. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it, it's it's one of those things. In my life, if I can look back, there are, there are times when things have happened and and i and i can't explain you know my one of my businesses just stopped working and i was thinking why and mm-hmm. uh, but i i don't i don't i've gone to the point where i don't question why as much i'm like okay god has a better plan so i i li- I, I start listening to, i slow down i start listening to intuition and lo and behold within a matter of months my my business shifted completely into another direction completely i, I couldn't have thought about it two three months even two three months ago it would have been a complete foreign concept for me and it's going in a direction and which will be 10x in the business of the other one. So it's it's listening to guidance from the from the higher power and taking action, which exactly is what you do. Well, on that note, we're gonna wrap this up, Queen. Queen, what's your parting comments to someone who who's listening and says, Well, I I don't know where to start. I'm in the same position as you, Queen. I, I you know I'm I'm really financially down on my luck and nothing I try seems to work. And uh, I'm, I make decent money, but I'm living paycheck to paycheck. What can I start? Where can I start? I think the two things are healing and listening. So, and they, they follow each other. So listening for guidance and being, being willing to follow it <laughs> is huge, right? I got lots of guidance that I didn't take. <laughs> That's part of the problem, right? So listening and then doing the work on yourself internally to heal the things that are keeping you back. What keeps you in scarcity? Why do you think that you are a precious being in this universe and yet you don't on some level deserve to have all the things that you need to thrive? You think God put you here so that you could not thrive? No, that's not true. So dig in there, find it and heal it. Uh, because you have a lot to offer and you're going to need some support in this world. You need some financial support to offer all the things that you have to offer to this world. 
beautiful. And I'm going to end with a quote from from you know uh, from Napoleon Hill's book that I think in Grow Rich you cannot be do and have everything unless you are um, you know without the ability to to create and the only the, the way to create is through money. So you know it's a, a, a paraphrase, of course, but that's why he he talks about money. The opening chapter: in order for you to be who you want to be and grow, you need to have money. And same thing is mentioned by uh, you know by one of my favorite favorite authors, um, you know in the in the science of getting rich. And he also talks about the same thing that in order for you to be in who you be and create and be anyone you want to be, again I'm paraphrasing, money is essential. So it's it's it and then the pursuit of money. He goes further saying to the pursuit of money is the most honorable thing you can do because it is in essence the pursuit of happiness in my books. So that's you know tying in with Will Smith's movie, the, the Pursuit of Happiness, which was, if you think about it, he was looking <laughs> yeah. to to make money to provide for him and his son. So again, brings down you know the pursuit of happiness is a pursuit of money, um, to a certain level. Okay, yeah. on that note, we're gonna on that controversial note, <laughs> we're gonna take uh, we're gonna wrap this up. Tell us, Quinn, where can we connect with you? How can we find you on the internet? Yes, you can find me at www.joybasebusiness.com. Um, my wait list is just that URL slash wait list. And um, you can be part of the launch of my joy and money mindset course, which is going to be coming out soon. I'm going to offer discounts and one-on-one coaching time with me there. Also I'm on TikTok and Instagram as joy boss, babe. I'm the joy boss. So see you on the internet. If you're listening to us on the podcast, then the the links that Joy has in the Joy the Queen, yeah, we'll call you Joy as well. Um, the links that Queen has just mentioned will be on the show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have the links that Queen just mentioned. Go check her out and see how she can help you bring joy and money together. Well, thank you so much for being such an amazing guest today, Queen. We will have to have you back on Money Talkies, but thank you for today. Thanks, girl. It was a pleasure. And- and thank you for listening to me and Quinn today on Friday Feature. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how you how you and I can build a business and how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time, this is Girl Khan signing off. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.